And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast. I'm Mickey Brennan and this week I'm joined by David Rispin and Kieran Flynn. Unfortunately, we have no Brian Kelly. Uh, the Centristown man is still out celebrating uh, return to Division 1 with the Centristown guys. and They've obviously got a, a League Division uh, 2 final to be played as well. Or um, And uh, either that or he's picking strawberries, Kieran Flynn. Well, I'd say it's a culmination of a lot of things because... Brian is kind of a slipping off character. He'd be saying one thing, he'd be doing the other. Like, you just want to keep him on tabs all the time. Like, you know what I mean? Do, do you think he actually was let go celebrate with the Centurion lads? Like, would they actually. That's another question, isn't mm. it? Um, Considering he always backs against them. So. He always backs against But maybe that's a clever play. Maybe they've employed him for that um, yeah. to go out and run down their chances of winning anything. I suppose and his uh, predictions were so bad for the competition we did. Yeah. It yeah. probably has a lot to do with it, yeah. It has a lot to do with it, I'd say. But look, he'll hopefully be back next weekend after uh, the Leinster final, and uh, which we will be uh, previewing later in the podcast. On this week's podcast, we have the All-County Hurling League. We also had the pre-anti-penultimate round of the All-County Football Leagues as well. They came to a close on the weekend just gone by. We've got a few talking points from that. Uh, the Camogues were out. The um, Mead Senior Ladies Camogues were out in the first round of the All-Ireland Group 2. Um, the ladies' football team were out in the Leinster <coughs> Immediate semi-final um, against Wicklow. Then we will be previewing the Christie Ring final taking place this Saturday. Mead take on Derry and Crow Park at 2pm. Then on Sunday, it's a double header, and uh, great to see Mead involved in a double header in Leinster finals where the Mead Juniors will take on Kildare at 1.30pm and the Mead Senior Men will take on the current All-Ireland Champions, Dublin, at 4pm. Two and a half hour gap between those games, but I've been informed by the county board official beside me that that's due to uh, the junior game having to be finished on the day and if it goes to extra time and then goes to extra extra time well, and then goes that, and then goes to penalties that um uh, it, it could bring us up to around half three or quarter to four so that is the reason for the two and a half hour gap between them but we're going to get stuck into it and we're going to go straight to Kieran Flynn for an update on the all-county hurling league yeah so we had the the Prente penultimate round of the hurling leagues as well and the, the finals have been decided in all the four divisions. So firstly, in the top division one, the final will now be played between Kildaki and Kiltail. And poor old Longwood are having a bad time in the football are also relegated <coughs> in the Hurling League. Division two, the final is Nafina and Clonagail. And relegated there is Kilskir Myla. Then division three, final is going to be Kildaki and Rathmaline. And Navanamatni is relegated. 
And then in Division 4A, Trim are playing Rototh. And in 4B, St. Patrick's to Wollard are playing Killeen. So a lot of the hurling wrapped up in June now, so there'll be no hurling played for the rest of the year for most of these boys, which is terrible, really. Like The championship's going to be rolling on now the week after the Christie Ring. So the leagues are finished for the hurlers now. The championship's coming up in two weeks' time, and then there'll be five or six rounds played over the summer. So it's all go. All the footballers will be in, in a, inside watching the telly, and all the hurlers will be out baiting each other and flaking each other with sticks. <laughs> and as you said, the hurling will come to a close, and then all of the hurlers will go back into stud for the winter and uh, getting ready for next year's hurling. Uh, great to see it. It was also the pre-ante-penultimate round of the All-County Football League, uh, just as you mentioned it, uh, Kieran. And uh, we're going to go straight in to uh, the talking points from the end of the All-County Football League, the last round, the pre-ante-penultimate round, as we said already, of the All-County Football League. We're going to start with Division 4, and um, we're going to look at the table as it stands. It's Moyla on 18 points, Clonnagale on 16, Kilbride on 14, and Kilmainham Wood on 13 points. And we'll go to David Rispin about, uh, for this. Those four teams, no problems with that. There's no uh, no two teams in the same amount of points or anything. Um, Slain and Courtown just miss out on 12 points. Another win would have seen them through. But uh, because there's no teams on the same points in fourth place, those four teams get promoted to Division 4A uh, for next year's 2020 league. Yeah, that's that's it exactly. And it's simple as Moyla and Clannagale will play the final against each other. Um, Kilmainham Wood, by virtue of a one-point win over Slane, Pips Lane to that fourth and final promotion spot. A game we pointed out last week was going to be a, yeah, a big one. Decider um, and Kilbride got got a you know a comfortable enough victory over Clannard too to seal their passage to Division Four A. So them four teams proceed. Um, there wasn't a whole pile in it after that, but they were the only Slane Slane were the only other side that probably could have get crashed it. Um, but they they just missed out. Um, ourselves as I said before, Kilbride narrowly beat us by a point <laughs> and. Clannagale did the same. And just just so. just talking of Cortown, I suppose, um it hurt you big time uh, that you missed out in that second last game. So you decided to take a, a week off and go to Magaluf and uh, Cortown got a big result uh, yeah. without <laughs> just the day, uh, I actually the said final round. But <laughs> while those boys were having a great result in um uh, in the uh, the last round of the All County Football League, you were having great results in Magaluf. No, I was, I was, uh, this was a Sunday morning and I was getting my flight home Sunday afternoon. Oh so I was uh, by the pool with a towel in my head, just counting down the minutes until I could get to the airport. And uh, look at the but, updates were but, great. But, but the results from Magaluf are pretty good anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a good spot. I give it a good review. I'd say the results would be fairly positive. Just, just in terms of that result though, in fairness, the Bridget's, um, were quite depleted from the team that bet us in the championship. They were missing key men: Michael Flood on the Mead Juniors, Alan Clark a cornerback, and the Mead in the championship. No, that we bet in the championship. Oh right, sorry, I thought you said that. They... And the the final player they were missing was their full forward Peter Skelly, who was on referee referee in duty, I think, yesterday. So he was a big loss to the Bridgets. So um, I wouldn't read too much into that result. Oh right, well, he okay. was in action elsewhere. We'll come to that later on, I believe. Right, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> and just uh, shout out to Mile as well. I just saw on their social media. They had some retro uh, re- or kit on them from like, I mean, it could have been the 1890s. I'm not sure if it was the 1990s. Was, they must have had some trouble with the jersey, the real retro. You know, the the old yeah, GA crest, the whole lot. Class. It looked good now with the, the hoop shirt. I think you should go back to that. 
<laughs> yeah, the only thing is is that the weight of those jerseys <laughs> They were lovely jerseys, but uh, they're made of wool as well, yeah. you know. So, mm. um, you, so you'd probably remember them, would you? <laughs> I have a stash of them upstairs. And a paddy so cap as well. <laughs> they used to call me the man with the cap before <laughs> before um, Big McD got it. But um, uh, David Rispin just on the final mile at Clonagale mm. in, in that division. Obviously, um, teams are more concerned about getting promoted, but silverware as well is a big thing. So who do you, how do you see that Moyle Clannagale oh, final goal? That's, that's going to be tight. I'd, I'd probably, maybe if Clannagale have all their lads back, I'd give them the edge, but I think it's very close to call. Um, it'll all depend. Sean Riley's a big player for Moyle as well. If yeah. they can get him and Tommy as well is on the Mead Juniors and so is Darren Gibney, but uh, Clannagale have a lot on the hurlers too. So, It'll all depend. That'll be a great final, though, whenever it is. Yeah, and best of luck to Probably both of them. some weekend in December. It's not usually happen. They play the league and then play the finals in December. Then. It could be January 2020. Um, but well done to all the four teams for getting promoted and uh, to the two teams that made the final. We're going to move on now to the All-County Football League Division 3 and the pre-anti-penultimate round of the uh, of the Football League on the weekend. And it was uh, Castletown, obviously, uh, promoted on 20 points. They had 10 from 10. They went into their last day looking for a victory. Um, to keep their um, their hundred percent record for the year going, Ballinlock, Waterstown, and Drumbarra again. Or sorry, Bar- uh, Castletown uh, promoted on twenty points. Ballinlock with their win over Castletown on the on the weekend meant that they got promoted in second place. And then Waterstown um, with a score difference of plus fifty four are just ahead of Drumbarra, who also got a win on the weekend. So it is going to be Waterstown who will be playing off uh, in the third place playoff from Division 2 who is Bechtov so Castletown and Ballinlock are through to the final and uh, both promoted and Waterstown have that chance now uh, when they will face off against Bechtov Kieran Flynn yeah an interesting finish and hard luck to Dunbarra it was only a score difference about them as you said because they drew with Waterstown mm-hmm. just shows how tight it is uh, I wonder now will the wheels come off Castletown's bus and I'll probably lose the rest of the games of the year with it now first taste of defeat probably is not a nice feeling unfortunately there at the bottom of the table it's a sorry looking sight poor old Dunsany we bet Blackhall Gales at the weekend had a good old victory but it was no good because Kilmainham pulled off a great Houdini act against Longwood so fair play to the boys in Kells they, they did a great job to get over on us but sure Dunsany will bounce back hopefully Fingers crossed as you and that leaves um I, I just just looking at it, I just want to make sure now that that is the final placings. So it means that Kilmainham will be play will there's no relegation from division no. three. So that means that Kilmainham have, have secured yeah. their position in division three for next year, which is absolutely fantastic. Dunsany and Longwood get relegated to division four A. And then in Division 4A, you will also have four reserve teams, is it, yeah. coming and, up? And then the f- so the four teams from Division 4 of this year, along with the yes. two coming down, and then the and four. Then the four so and then you up to ten. your second batch of four teams from B-League Division 1 will comprise of... Of the Division 4B. Exactly. Yeah, we, only, we were talking about that after the game, the last, and it, we're probably saying that there's a potential you might have to have a slight look at that, because they could actually be very strong. The likes of Dunboyne, Dunwashburn, Screen, or Magnets first or second teams would be very strong in comparison to the, the yeah, 4 eight teams. Was, yeah, but that was the deal that was made, was it well, not? No, it's, it's not? no, they should come in, but I think they might actually come in higher up, maybe, because I think they could actually whip everyone. Here's here's one for you, lads, right? Longwood were obviously relegated senior club. <laughs> they, they could end up playing someone like Dunboyne or Dunham or Ashburn second team next year and still be playing senior football yeah. if they manage to stay up this year. 
So they could be playing the Mines first team in the championship and then they could be playing the Mines second team in the league. In the league. And lose both games. <laughs> you said that. Well, we'll let you try and get through um, Longwood yeah. uh, the next time you're, you're, <laughs> you're passing that direction after a statement like that. The, go down with the hill of down, is that as bad? <laughs> just, uh, just a word as well, sorry, I know you've mentioned already for Kilmaine and Mandy Arkins is a big fan of the podcast and he was in touch. Uh, it's a he didn't you know say anything, but it, it is a really big achievement for it's them. It's a massive achievement. It would be they were getting hammered early on, and it would have been very easy for them to put their heads down yeah, and say, "Well, sure, look, we, tower, we yeah. don't have Mickey Newman, sure, you know, we have no chance." And they kept at it, and like in Andy Arkins, they have you know a player who's who's well able to fill Mickey Newman's boots. And he, in fairness to him, he chipped in with three. Yeah, he should. <laughs> um, and, but Dean Pepper did have to be with him because yeah. the two boys going hand in hand. But um, it, it's a fantastic achievement for them. And they're a great club with a fantastic attitude to football. And they really keep going no matter what is, is stacked against them. And um, they're a credit to themselves. If, and that's the not a, if that's not on a pitch for the big amalgamation <laughs> in the middle of North Mead there, I've never heard one better. St. <laughs> Ultons, Courtown, Kilmainham, Dabara Gales. And Dundry and... No one mentioned Dultons or Dramara. And Dundry. And who else could you phone that? Probably Dunsany as well. No, if you'll have us. You wouldn't. None no, of if, you want, if, you just want, if you just want Pierre Fox, you'll do good. <laughs> um, and as well, a good Cavan man over uh, Kilmainham, um, Mr McGovern there from um, Killing Care. And uh, I know he, he he did talk to me and say like about the troubles they've had all year, but how how they've responded towards the end of the league has been absolutely brilliant. So it's great to see. Them, was it? <laughs> and you know he he's 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 a very knowledgeable Gaelic football man, and um, he's delighted with the response that he got from Kilmainham. We're going to move on now to the pre-ante penultimate round of the All <laughs> Football League Division Two, and. Um, uh, we'll look at the top, obviously Centralstown were um, promoted and they did win their last league game as well on the weekend. They were playing Karna Ross um, and won it by 10 points, I think. Balnebracchi have uh, been promoted to Division 1 for the first time in a long time. I saw great mm. um, social media um, uh, by them all weekend. Absolutely brilliant to see the, the Bracks back in Division 1. The only thing is that every team in Division 1 went... Oh no, we have to all yeah. go to Balnebaraki next year. I hope they were playing them well, at home. They're not playing other games at home. Yeah, they're like, I, <laughs> hope we, I hope we end up playing them at home. We don't have to travel the whole way to Balnebaraki. It's like down and awfully practically. Um, but um, fair play to them uh, finishing out the league with a great win, uh, getting promoted. Then uh, it was St. Pat's who, um, who got the win over St. Column Kills. That was the one that we talked about as well um, last week, that uh, the, the winner of that was obviously going to go a bit guaranteed um, a promotion and uh, it was St. Pat's, who did, well, not guaranteed promotion, but guaranteed playoff, to be yeah. in a playoff. So um, they've, St. Pat's have worked themselves into that position. They will be playing third from Botman Division 1, which is Oldcastle, which um, will, will not be an easy game uh, for St. Pat's at the same time, David. No, Oldcastle have finished the league very strong and they almost, we'll come to them in a few minutes I'm sure when we get to Division 1, but they almost got out of yeah. jail altogether. They're, you know, they still still have a good and fighting chance to get out of it, but I think St. Pat's have finished the league very strongly in Division 2 and the, the one thing about St. Pat's is they're quite a settled outfit. They generally turn up with the same players week in, week out, which is obviously stood to them when they come up against someone like St. Column Gills who are missing a plethora of players. So, that's great for them. As you've mentioned with Balnebracchi, I think it's just brilliant that they're after finishing ahead of three senior, senior teams, teams yeah. in, in that division. 
Um, and for the likes of, you know, Danny Quinn, obviously, in the, in the county, uh, Nicky Judge and Juicy O'Connor, Trevor Bannon, these kind of lads who would have never, ever experienced Division 1 football. We're not playing that game this week, are we? Where he has to name a load of players off each no, team. No, no. Was, no, okay. Was that, that, was just getting that, that was just game dropping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he, he was practising like hell at the pool and reading, reading every match report of every game played in the year. Of GA I don't know what you do when you go away, but I definitely don't do that. Well, oh. <laughs> well I don't know if he had time for doing that, yeah. but we'll come back to those results later. <laughs> But in fairness, fantastic achievement, and them kind of lads are going to relish playing Division One football. Um, s- sort of similar to what Oldcastle have done this year. Instead of kind of being afraid of the teams they're playing, embracing it yeah. and enjoying the occasion. So um, yeah, hats off to them. Looking down at the bottom of the table, Mead Hill and St Michael's relegated, and then it's Bective, as we said, that will be playing uh, Waterstown in that playoff. The thing about the playoffs is, is that if you've ended up in third and you're playing third from bottom in the, the uh, league above you, that generally means that you've been winning a fair, lot, fair amount of games all year, whereas the team that you're playing from the league above you have been losing games. And that can get into the psyche of players as well. Of course, yeah. But it, the only thing with Bechtov is they actually managed to pick up a win to avoid relegation nearly altogether. Yeah. So by winning that game, they, you know, they finished third from bottom. And it's it's a little bit different in the sense that they didn't end up just kind of fallen into division three or third from bottom spot they actually you know got a win in the last round so they'll hopefully kick on from that and a good win against the league as well to league Belgistown. but you're right i think waterstown are going to play in that playoff waterstown finished extremely strong yeah. and you know they kind of not that they stole it from drumbarrow but you know they, they weren't assured of their place at all they had to get a result and they did so that's going to be a real interesting playoff you know it's going to be Two decent intermediate sides. I don't. I don't see a whole pile in that either. Yeah, and, and maybe the the fact that uh, Bechtel were playing um, in in the higher division, playing against a higher quality of player, might stand to them. We're going to move on now to the All County Football League Division One and the pre anti penultimate round of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, looking looking at the bottom of the table first, uh, Sydney and Alvi um, relegated. Kind of predicted that a good few weeks back. Um, but Old Castle, um, uh, as we said, have that third from bottom play uh, position where they will be playing um, uh, St. Pat's. So, like, as you've already alluded to, two decent intermediate teams, or sorry, St. Pat's a senior team, mm. um, and uh, Old Castle, um, obviously, um, promote, a good, intermediate, a good side, intermediate team that are looking to be promoted back to senior football. Um, that should be a cracking game of football at the same time. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I, there wouldn't be any quarter given in that game. They're two really um, hard seasoned outfits, uh, you know, at this stage, and uh, both very proud clubs. What players do you clubs? think that uh, both teams should be looking out for? Obviously, Paddy Gilson and uh, yeah, from yeah, Castle, uh, Robbie Farley, obviously, in the Mead Juniors, Jason Scully, a Mead senior member at this stage, um, Connor McHugh. They Oldcastle have good quality players, but but so do Pats. Like, and Pats probably have that little bit of senior class which could stand to them you know in, in occasions like this they've been in many the tight encounter in recent years particularly when they've gone down to the wire whether it's relegation playoffs or getting a win in, in the group to, to actually avoid the playoffs altogether so I, I think all of them playoffs across the four or three divisions uh, there's none in division four or yeah three divisions they're all going to be pretty intense and pretty close games I think the, there's a lot at stake because ultimately you want to be playing as high a grade as you can. Yeah. Oldcastle realistically are never going to win Division One, but 
they're an intermediate side and by playing division one and senior outfits you just mentioned it there previously it's going to stand to you when you play championship football yeah. um whereas pats on the other hand they're a senior club down in division two they didn't get automatic promotion but they'd like to be playing the likes of your O'Mahony's, Gail Collinkill, Summerhills, Simon Sounds on a weekly basis to be competitive when they do ultimately come up against them in championship football. Yeah, Kieran Flynn. Yeah, just at the other end, we were talking about Old Castle. The Manalvi travelled up, I believe, and they didn't have the complement for the game to go ahead. There was only, they only had 13 players, so I think they played, but the result didn't stand. So Who Old Castle, they, they played Manalvi. Who did? Uh, Old Castle were Old playing Manalvi, so okay. that means Old Castle then were patiently <laughs> waiting to hear what was happening down. Which well, no, it was more the, the tones and Simonson. Oh, right. Remember, we needed the tones to lose for that prediction yes, as we yes, come yes. through. But the tones actually had a had a good win against Simonson, which is never easy. Like they've beaten before. Like we won't say any more about that. We're under tight orders here. But the at the other end of the table again, we talk about Kells and the Beano Hanlon. I think well, that's the real reason. We were talking about the bottom of the table, and now you've just raced into the, yeah. into the top half well, of the table. Where we get, were just I was getting, going to go to that. I was getting dirty looks about the Waltons game. So I never give you dirty luck. You'd have to. So I, I'd actually recommend no, it, Mickey, to tweet Mickey in. Mickey is a tight hold on it. You're all good. A tight hold. Yeah, he has some neck in him coming in here this morning. But uh, I think I think people should tweet in and ask. Mickey, why aren't we allowed to talk about the Simon Sound Love Dones game? Oh, well, I never said we well, weren't allowed. Tweet in and ask. Never said we weren't allowed to. Please, please use the hashtag Ask Mickey. Honestly, by Mickey. Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Um, I do remember an embargo being put on uh, me talking about the Mead Minor Hurlers after the loss to Kildare. And I do remember an embargo being put on me by David Risley <laughs> after the rumble in the jungle between Clan McGale and Courtown. And I wasn't allowed to speak about that game. So I've decided that I'm going to use my get out of jail free card here today. And I'm not going to talk about the same thing. Yeah, um, we'll move on anyway to the top of the table where Navin O'Matney, Gail Cullum Kill, Simonson, and Summerhill were all uh, playing for um, uh, the, the, the actual, actually, the final spot was up for the grabs, and the two semi final spots were up for grabs. And uh, Gail Cullum Kill, uh, Navin O'Matney's both got wins, and Summerhill lost obviously to Gail Cullum Kill, but Simonson were a point behind Summerhill and needed that win. Uh, to to guarantee a semi-final spot. Had Summerhill beaten K- Gail Colum Kill, it would have been Simonstown and Summerhill in a semi-final, even if Simonstown had lost. But the results went against Simonstown. Um, uh, I suppose Navin O'Matney's came away with their victory um, over screen. They bet them by uh, eight points. Uh, Gail Colum Kill beat Summerhill by, I think it was six points. It was, uh, yeah, 310 to 110. And then uh, Simonson lost to uh, Wolf Tones by three goals and nine points to 11. That game was very close. It got into the final stages and Wolf Tones got two goals. Simonson were down to 14 men uh, for the majority of that game. Um, with yours truly being sent off just before half time, um, and the less said, no need to tweet now. No, no. Well, that, that that's uh, that, I'm I'm not going to go into the details of it. If you if you if you want me to start crying about it or whatever, just if you if you want to see the video of what happened, just call to me and I'll show you the video of how a referee that should have been playing a game instead of refereeing a game. Um, but we won't quit. I'm not bitter at all. I'm not bitter at all. So I'm not. No, not bitter at all. It's like just, a lemon here. It just cost Simon Stern. Well, maybe I... Look, I did. I cost Simon Stern. Could it have ended your career? No, could, I didn't, could that I didn't, man have ended your career? I didn't get injured. He didn't injure me. No, but I mean, uh, you finished now. Like, cause you could be saying, like, he's only going to be one game ban. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's probably only going to get one game, but like, can they really trust you in the big games? You know, like. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. That's yeah. it's always the way with the big game players, isn't it? They have the the teeter on the edge, like the Cantona. Like you did yeah. jump it over the fence, Gilberry, and kick a fell in the face. Now, <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> tell them what you did. Like, yeah. yeah, let's be honest about it. Yeah. And Gilberry, uh, like. uh, yeah, and uh, to get to get a sniper rifle as well, and <laughs> took out a few. Um, the only one. The only person I, uh, I'm disappointed I didn't take out with the sniper rifle was the referee. <laughs> 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 you can't say that. You can't say that. I, I just did. I just did. I know. Look, we can I, edit that out. Look, I cost, I cost Simon's in the semi-final spot. I know that. I shouldn't have reacted, and I did. Anyways, um, it's going to see Navin O'Matney's through to an All-County Football League Division 1 final. Kieran Flynn, um, just happy that we got to talk about that. And Gail Collinkill will take on Summerhill, who... Funnily enough, that game was the game um, that saw both Gail Collinkill and Summerhill through to the semi final, and now they have to go and do it all again, Kieran Flynn. And again, just, I was saying before we went into the whole disciplinary issues, I was yeah, going to say yeah, Bino yeah. Allen was, yeah. was flying. 2 4. Yeah, unreal yeah. again. Like, what a man. And Brian Kelly, I think that's the real reason he's not here. Brian Kelly is not here to uh, defend himself, so we're not going to uh, speak about how um, he doesn't rate Bino O'Hanlon. <laughs> yeah, we, right? we won't speak about it. And we went through the figures last week, and he's still scoring. He scores every week, you know. And like again, Gail, but he's not the only one. They've such a good panel of players. Maybe Summerhill, they'll probably have their county men back when they play the semi final. Depends what it's going to be know. like. It's like, well, we're going to well, beat Dublin at the weekend, that, so we'll have two weeks yeah, off that there. Was, so. That was my question to you. Do you know? Do we know when the league uh, finals or relegation playoffs they're are going to take They're in the fixture place? planner, so I think they're fairly sharp. They're, they're, the league is to be played like con- constantly, so they're going to mm. be playing them. I think they're in the next week or two. I don't. I wouldn't be so sure whether Mead win or not. Because yeah, I was I, the reason why I'm asking that is because like the likes of Oldcastle could really do with their county man Jason Scully yeah. and uh, the junior. The only thing is the the guys that probably w- would not be in maybe contention with the Mead seniors might get to play Yeah. so the the, yeah. the likes of Ross Ryan who's in with Mead hasn't featured yet Barry Dardis who didn't come on last week it'll all depend but you'd rather be in Kell's position now with, with absolutely, absolutely everyone yeah, and, and coming off the back of a six point win as much Red, as much yeah. and all as I'd love to see Bean O'Hanlon playing for, for, for the county yeah. because he's just an absolute uh, score getter Machine, there's yeah. no doubt, doubt about it he's just an absolute score getter um, you know Gail Colum Kill um, have to be thinking Jesus Christ I don't want to see him going near, anywhere near a county panel you know yeah. that kind of way yeah, yeah. him and Matamo because they're just they're just constantly scoring but look that's the all county football league looked at we will be um, talking and bringing the uh, final fixtures and relegation fixtures to you in the coming weeks we want to say best luck to Navin O'Matneys who are in the final and Gail Colum Kill and Summer Hill who play off in the semi-final of the Division 1 we want to say best luck to Oldcastle and St Pat's in the Division 1 playoff it's third from bottom v third from top in Division 2 well uh, best luck to Centrestown and Balnebracchi and well done to both of them uh, on gaining promotion to Division 1 uh, best luck in your uh, league final uh, we want to say uh, best luck to Bective and Waterstown in their um, in their uh, uh, promotion playoff um, for Division 2 um, and be- best luck to Castletown and Ballock in their final and well done to both of them in their uh, promotion and then finally we want to say well done to Moyla Clannagale Cabride and Kilmaine and Mud for gaining promotion to Division 4A for 2020 and best luck to Moylet and Clonda Gale in that final and Kieran Flynn you found the fixture that's final. just from the planner the, the weekend of June the 30th the last weekend of the month the A-League finals are supposed to be on that weekend and the Division 1 semi-final so it'll be interesting to see how strict they are on the fixture plan hopefully 
to get a chance now to to do that so yeah absolutely and uh, hopefully it will go to the planner as scheduled we're going to move on now uh, uh, to some results from the weekend and in the All-Ireland uh, Camogie Group 2 um, Mead were taking on Dublin this is in senior and this took place on the weekend it was in Parnells of Coolock and uh, Mead came away with a loss here 12 points to Dublin's one goal in 16 a 7 point loss against you know All-Ireland contenders in fairness uh, Kieran Flynn yeah, so one sixteen to twelve, like it, it might seem relatively heavy, but you have to realise that that's a mid team playing in the the top tier of Camogie in the country. Like, so they have games coming up now against Tipperary, Cork, Clare, and Waterford. So it's going to be a serious, serious campaign for them. If Mead, if Mead can get <coughs> scores here, like they're due to play Clare on the twenty second of June. It's coming up, and that's going to be played in Partulshan. So it's a chance for. Uh, teams to actually get there and support the team like and it's a six o'clock uh, throw in for for uh, the Mead uh, Camogues next weekend so that means that anybody who is going to Crow Park on Saturday for the Christie Ring final will have plenty of time to get back down the road and get into uh, Park Tulchin for that game where um, we wish the Mead Ladies Camogie team um, the best of luck in round two of the All Ireland uh, series. We're going to move on now to uh, the late. We're going to stick with the ladies, but we'll go on to the Leinster Intermediate semi final where Mead took on Wicklow um, on the weekend. And it was Mead five goals and 14 to Wicklow six points, David Rispin. And uh, Mead just continuing in the vein of form that they've been in all season and look we kind of expect them to win the Leinster the, the big one is the All-Ireland and they will have tougher tests ahead mm. but they do go on to meet Wexford in uh, the Leinster uh, uh, Intermediate Final on the 30th of June at 2pm it's a triple header that day but a very convincing win against Wicklow yeah it was and I know you're, we expect them you know considering their league form and everything to to kind of you know, progress through Leinster, but Wicklow did stun them last year um, in the same competition when me they were well fancied or well tipped to to beat them. So that was probably always hanging over them going into the game. And I suppose the the emphasis would have been to you know make a fast start and kind of put any of them demons to bed because the longer Wicklow could have stayed in the game, the more you know Mead would have probably feared for a repeat of that um, performance or that result from last year. But you know we you know it's it's one of the oldest adages in, in the GA that goals win games and it was very true when you have a, a stopper like Monica McGurk at one end you always know you're probably not going to concede too many chances or, or goals yeah. and when you have forwards of the calibre that Mead have up front you, you know you're always going to score on Mead scoring five goals this week yeah so the, the goal scorers Orla Bourne Kelsey Nesbitt Emma Duggan Megan Tyne and Avian Leahy which is great to see a spread as well because you know Kelsey Nesbitt got two I believe as well no just, just one I think alright oh, okay uh, five Five in total. Yeah, so good to see a spread of scores, everyone contributing. And they're after losing two girls to J1s. Um, Neve Galogli is one of them, I think Stacey Grimes Stacey as well. Stacey Grimes as well. So, yeah. like, two huge players, Massive them, players. Um, gone off to the States. But, yet, you know, there's there's serious talent in that squad. And, uh, you know, they're, they're really eager to kick on. Yeah, you definitely know the talent when you see it. So, you do, Dave. We're going to move on anyway. Uh, well done to the ladies on that victory, seeing them through to a Leinster final. Um, absolutely brilliant. Mead, uh, me, me juniors, Mead uh, seniors, footballers, uh, the Mead ladies and um, the hurlers 
all uh, making it to, uh, well, apart from the hurlers, they're, in, they're not in a provincial final, they're in a Christie Ring final, but all making it to provincial finals, which is absolutely fantastic. We're going to move on now to the Christie Ring final. We're going to preview that very quickly with um, Mr. Uh, Kieran Flynn. It's on this Saturday, 2pm in Crow Park. I think it's part of a triple header as well. And uh, Mead will be taking on Derry and uh oh, sorry down yeah they beat Derry in the in the um semi final um in Armagh and uh, they're taking on down and um <laughs> down obviously beating Russ Common who Mead uh, beat the week beforehand in the final round league game um of the the round robin part of it um there'll be no walkover no one uh Mead would have some bad memories of playing down I think was it seven years ago we played them in Trim in a All Ireland semi final in the Christie Ring. Fucking ninety one as well. We yeah, ninety one. Yeah, different, si- different code. Still, we we didn't play as well as we should have. <laughs> but looking, it was only talking to one of the lads about we we were looking at the program from that game, whatever seven years ago was, and it was a very famous hurler for down playing that time. If you remember him, it's the fellow who used to play at the LA Lakers, Magic Johnson. Oh yeah. But he obviously gave up the basketball when playing hurling for down. He was good at it too. But he's about six foot. 25 I think and he was absolutely Mickey Burke had to mark him at the time and he was savagely big he got a good Instagram out yeah yeah, he did in fairness yeah. though but maybe that he was... just looked big beside Mickey Burke I know he's a fair man <laughs> he's a fair man too as we know the honey badger but it just it showed and we had a really bad day at the office and they bet us and we've kind of as well uh, that time we actually drew with them in Trim and went up to play them in Ballycran which is and he knows their geography of Ireland it's not an easy place to get to and you have to take the ferry to get to us and I think every time they got on the boat, I think there's been a very sad journey coming back from Ballycran. It's a tough journey. But hopefully, like I think the mead setup is a lot better than then. The squad is much better, the 26 players and a few of the extra players in the squad. Down don't have as marquee forwards maybe as they used to have. I feel Dahi Sands, I think one or two of that's um, played well the last against Roscommon. But it's hard to know, I think, if they're going to be much of a threat. Like Mead, it's 2 o'clock on Saturday. They really do have an opportunity to win an All-Ireland final here. And I think... It's an opportunity like all the juvenile games and go games and all in the county are postponed at the weekend or moved earlier in the day. So there's no excuse. You can get your ticket. Unfortunately, they did. The, we were hoping to get a ticket ticket deduction price, but it, it's not 15 euros. around 10 or 15 euros. Yeah, well, that's what we were trying to get and it didn't happen. So they're staying at 25 euros, which might be steep. But at the end of the day, it is three games and it is an All-Ireland final. There is loads of group passes you can get through Crow Park and it's, it's an opportunity to bring your your kids, bring the youngsters, the juveniles, because this is a good mead team, they're honest lads, they're good lads, and it, like it is the, the plenty penultimate round of the Christie Ring, like that's it, it's it's no more, and we have got assurances from Park on Croakig <coughs> that they have checked the scoreboard, and Hawkeye, and there's enough batteries, and there's enough diesel in it, and lad, there's a lad inside there with marbles as well, he's going to put one marble every time there's a score, so there shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> and maybe just and if you're there well, if you're yeah. there maybe just do it in your phone to be sure Yeah, to be sure to be sure well the referee will have to bring an abacus as well <laughs> he's only found the last thing they didn't keep yeah, the score exactly. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we do love a pre-anti-penultimate round and uh, it is the pre-anti-penultimate round of the Christie Ring um, which we'll see Mead take on down in Crow Park next Saturday at 2pm If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. 
So now we're going to move on anyway to the Leinster Junior Final and David Rispin, it's great. We've got rid of the hurler in the family, um, Mr. Kieran Flynn. He's had to shoot off for a county board meeting, I believe, and uh, at least we're not going to get any waffle now uh, talking about the football. No, no, it's all going to be straight talking now, since so. And Brian Kelly's not here either. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll move on anyway to the Leinster Junior Final. It's in Crow Park. It's on Sunday, 1.30pm. The curtain raiser to the Leinster Final that sees Mead taking on Dublin. But Mead taking on Kildare. Um, an awful lot of the talk in the lead up to this has been all about Johnny Doyle, the 42-year-old, uh, um, coming back to play junior football for Kildare and Davy Nelson will be delighted about that because there's been no talk about Mead it's it's not even about the match it's just about Johnny Doyle being back in Crow Park yeah it's a bit of a circus to be honest I, I, it's I, not his fault though you know uh, no it's it's probably not his fault but uh, look I know it's a it, bit it, of a, sh- it should be really taken out of his hands you know but it's it, like it, it, it is a bit of a circus in that um, the media love it but the reason why the media love it is because he's one of the greatest footballers to ever grace the field. Yeah. And he's still playing and is still mm. good enough. Like the, the point about it is is that he is still good enough mm. to play at intercounty junior level, yeah. coming on and kicking three points the last day for Kildare. So uh, yeah, like, he's still gonna have to be marked. Yeah, I don't think anyone doubts that really. Yeah. Um but it's it's probably just a, it's a competition that is its purpose is probably to 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 you know, introduce uh, younger players or players who are just give not up to taste, senior standard, yeah. but giving them a taste of inter-county football and giving them an opportunity to play in Crow Park and stuff. And for Kildare, I think in previous years, they've really been good advocates of that, you know, mm-hmm. an under-23 type, um, you know, format. And to bring Johnny Doyle back, I just think it's, th- there's 23 or 4 or 5-year-olds out in Kildare who just could be, you know, could be there instead of him or could be getting a run out in Crow Park instead of him. And that's just, that's, the bit of a problem I'd have with the whole thing. Like, I'm sure we have good 30 plus, I won't say 40 plus year olds in me good enough to play with the me juniors, but there's definitely 30 to 40 year olds good enough to be playing Crow Park on Sunday for the me juniors, but but they're not. I think that's that's the whole point yeah, of it. Yeah, I don't know. I, do you know what? I don't know if there's many of them that are uh, keeping themselves in the same shape that mm. Johnny Doyle is. Now, if Kildare were bringing in, <coughs> sorry, a group of lads like, maybe five or six lads in their early 30s and a couple in their late 30s and then Johnny Doyle, I'd have a problem with it. But I think that the experience that those younger Kildare players, because it's only, it it sounds like he's the, like by far the oldest and that there's nobody over 30 Mm. on the Kildare team. The experience that those players and are going to get from playing with him, not the experience, but he's going to be able to you know, coach them while they're on the field and show them, you know, how to make their runs, how to play as a forward. I personally, I don't, I, I think it's a good thing. And I think that the Kildare players will learn more from him than playing with another lad of their own age mm. um, uh, at that level. Probably the ones, the ones fortunate enough to be on the field, you know, will. But it's just, I there is somebody who's going to lose out instead of him. Luckily, he probably won't start. I'd be surprised if he did. He is 42 and all, but yeah. he did come on early enough, I think, the last day. So he, he will be on. There's no doubt about it, like wh- whether they're winning or not. Um, but even now, and, and, and the whole thing about it is, even now, me and you have only talked about Johnny Doyle. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it, that's the whole thing. But it, and it, it is a great thing for me because uh, literally there is no talk about me either or anything. And 
for for the mead lads, they can actually focus on getting their heads in and putting on a performance because all the spotlight's going to be on him. Yeah, you know, Davy Nelson after yeah. the last game. You know, you could hear in his voice in the interviews that he did with Fergal Lynch. Um, you know, he was so excited and mm. he was so delighted for this bunch of lads, and was so looking forward to bringing them to Crow Park to face Kildare. And that is a really, really good junior team. In fairness, it really is a good junior team that Mead have. There yeah, they were they were beaten by Kildare last year in the decider, and I think there is probably a little bit of um, you know, revenge probably in in Mead sites because they hurt exactly because I don't think they performed their maximum potential that day mm-hmm. and they're after getting three good weeks now by the time the game rolls around on Sunday from the loud game and there's no reason why they can't put in a, a much improved all round performance second half they were excellent against loud but first half they were pretty awful now to be honest mm-hmm. so they're obviously going to need a lot more consistency in their game but I think with the team they have with the subs and possibly with one or two more additions that might have joined the panel since then I think there's no reason why Mead can't topple Kildare. Yeah, what kind of what what are the or who are the main players that you see um, for Mead against Kildare? Well, I, I suppose naturally you you look at the Mead panelists and, yeah. and Danny Quinn is probably one of the main men, as is Jason Scully, Scully. and Sean Riley. Yeah, um, Robin Clark has been in and around the Mead senior panel this year too, and you know he's a key member of the squad. So Frank the, Riley from Carnaross, Ross, is it? Yeah, Frank yeah. is Frank is in on the panel. He'll be centre forward. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. Uh, so he's he's a big player. Had a great game the last day. Inside Kevin Ross, he captained the side last year. He's you know he is the go-to man in in, the, in that full forward line. Great left boot will take the freeze. Michael Flood as well, full back yeah, from the Bridges. Yeah. He's the captain this year. Real leader, leads by example. Um, won a Sigerson this year with UCC mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So you could know, have been on the Mead panel uh, had it not been for the fact that he was. Yeah. in Cork I suppose probably for, like, for like you've seen how difficult it was for James McAdee he was down there as well and yeah. travelling up and back but I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see Michael Flood in a Mead jersey in the next couple of years um, he's an exemplary we'll see him in a Mead jersey in yeah, yeah Mead senior jersey <laughs> <laughs> not that they're any different size I don't think but uh, no he, he's a big player too uh, Dara Griffin who missed out the last day from Clannagale he yeah. would be a serious addition if they can get him fit he, he would he would offer us. Is something there any different. news on Darrell Rowe? I know he was injured. I I haven't heard that, but from initial from my initial conversations with some of the you know members of the team and, and backroom team and that they, they didn't think it was great. Um, Darren Finney made a huge impact now from Castletown the last day coming on at half time. He must be in the running, you know, for for a starting berth. Although you know it's something we always talk about with James Conlon and the seniors or Graham Riley. If if you start someone who has an impact like that, possibly could take away from what you're bringing on later exactly, on. Yeah, yeah. And you know he possibly could be that impact player for the mid juniors. So maybe don't be surprised if he doesn't start. But I'd be surprised if he wasn't the first or second sub on at least after yeah. his, his impact the last day. Absolutely, we want to wish uh, Davy Nelson and the mid junior team all the best uh, in Crow Park. One thirty, as we said, the curtain raiser to the big one, the Leinster final. So we're going to move on to the Leinster final. We're going to do a bit of a preview on the Leinster final. Look at maybe some matchups that uh, Mead will uh, look to probably implement against Dublin. Um, Mead haven't been in a, in a Leinster final in five years, David. Um, yeah. Dublin just don't ever seem to be out of a Leinster final or an All Ireland final at the minute. You know, progress this year has been. Excellent. I, I, I know Mead supporters, um, you know, 
want me to be in Leinster finals and All-Ireland finals year in, year out. But the reality of things is, is that we haven't been, we haven't been out of Division 2 mm. um, in quite some time. Um, and, you know, we, we had to, to bottom out, I suppose, before we can make a rise. And that bottom out seems to have come and the rise has started. But how far have we risen this year when it comes to a Leinster final and playing the, the All-Ireland champions? I think I think this will be the acid test for us, really, to be honest with you. Uh, whilst we've played some good opposition, Donegal notably probably the the pick, the standout team, we've played them twice and, and came within touching distance of beating them twice. But we ultimately didn't. Uh, so Dublin is it's going to be the big test for us. People people might say, oh, me, they aren't ready to play Dublin yet or, or this kind of thing. Well, you'll never know unless you you do Absolutely, it and you go up yeah. and give it a lash. Um, I, I don't think there's, there's a whole pile of pressure on these kind of lads. I think they're the type of lads that will go into the game and they'll actually relish it. Like, there won't be any talk of moral victories or anything of the sort. Like, Andy McAtee, you know him as well as anyone, and, you know, the background team there, they're, they're going in to win the game. There, there won't be any talk about we'll get within five points or we'll get within ten points. They'll be approaching this game to, to beat Dublin. Um, People would laugh at you for saying that, but... My view on it would be why go into why, a game why, of exactly. football if you, if if you, you have no intention you, of winning it. That if you have no intention of trying to win it, yeah, right? Exactly. And and that's what so many teams do and they come out and this is just it's great. We came within 10 points of Dublin. Realistically, had you ever a chance of winning the game? No. no. Whereas if we come out and, and give it give it hell for leather first five or ten minutes, get a couple of early scores on the board. I think it was 2013. It wasn't our last Leinster final, but it was the one before that. And we gave them a right good scare. I think we were two points up at half time. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Mickey Newman's. It was definitely him and Wallace's first year. I think it could have been Mickey Newman's too. The two lads were lethal in the first half. And oh, that game was in the ballads up until the last 10 minutes. Now, Dublin did pull away. I think they got a fortuitous goal. I think it could have been Mannion in the, in the end. Um, but it was, a, it was a proper performance. We went toe to toe. Fair enough, we didn't get the result. But we didn't die want, and you know we yeah. we we really gave it everything. So I just I would like to see a similar effort from Mead. If it's not good enough, Grand, we'll we'll hold our hands up and say the better team won on the yeah. day. But let's give it a lash. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 that's that's exactly what we want. And you know, if you caught Dublin on an off day and you were after having one of your better days, I think Mead could could sneak a result. Now looking at the 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 spreads it's the they're saying that Dublin minus twelve mm. um is even money so like and in fairness nobody has beaten the spread against Dublin in the last two years in Leinster yeah um so I know we don't want to talk about moral victories or anything like that but like if you do come within twelve because the bookies tend to be fairly, fairly right fairly, yeah, fairly right on the money on, yeah, so yeah. like um and especially when it comes to Dublin they do a lot of uh, uh, looking at the, the permutations and combinations and results and everything and whatever so if you do come within 12 you know you, you don't want a moral victory but it kind of is a moral victory and whatever you have to remember that Meads and I heard Fergal uh, Lynch saying this as well Meads next game after Dublin is the big one now for me the, the, the statement is right the next game after Dublin is, is the big one regardless of what regardless happens, yeah. of yeah, yeah. whether it's the Super 8s or not or it's not or mm. if it's a qualifier to get to the Super 8s um, I think that Mead if they can put 70 minutes together will be within touching distance of Dublin yeah there's there's no reason why they won't be uh, we have to focus on what we do right you know so many teams go into games against Dublin and they say right 
we need to keep this lad quiet, this lad quiet, and this lad quiet, and after that. But to forget about their own game. Now, I'm not saying you don't need to focus on Conor Callaghan and Paul Mannion and Kieran Kelly in this. Obviously, you do. You know, they're, they're, they're top players. But you have to focus on what we do right, and we have players that can cause problems too. Like James Conlon, we've spoke about last week, five points in his debut. He has to be one of our go-to guys. and we have Nine to, out of ten last week. Yeah, and, and Mickey Newman. Yeah, nine out of ten. Not in everyone's book, but in ours. Um, <laughs> Mickey Newman as well. Like, if we get the right kind of ball into them, it'll be similar to Newman and Wallace in 2013. I think we operated two-man full forward line. Classic big man, little man. Mm-hmm. Newman is still the big man there. Yeah. But Eamon is the, is, is, is the Eamon Wallace. Wallace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Wallace thrived in that atmosphere. He relished it. And so did Newman. And there were two young players at, this, at that stage. Newman has got that bit of experience now. He's five or six years on the go. Conlon, granted, he's a young man, but he, he's ambitious and he, he doesn't really care about reputations and who he's marking and everything. If if Ben Brennan's key, because you know his deliveries, and he, he has this telepathic almost understanding with James Conlon as to where and what he's moving and where he wants the ball and when he wants it. Yeah. If, if Meade can get that supply into the lads, you mentioned it last week that Dublin's full back line is weak. I think everyone recognizes that. Yeah. But no one's really exploited it as of yet. If we can if we can get the quality ball into the lads and the lads running off them like Killian O'Sullivan and uh Brian McMahon, these kind of lads, they're gonna be key for us. Yeah. Um and then when you mention our uh, you know, what we have to do and what we have to look at our strengths, you've spoken about I suppose the forwards, but like mm. looking at key matchups, yeah. um you know, when you look at was I suppose the the forward line for, for, for Dublin, the last day it was Paul Mannion, Conor Callan and Cormac Coslo. Um, and then in the half forward line, it was Brian Howard, Kieran Kilkenny and Niall Scully. Mm. You know, those guys have to be marked. And then you have to look at the half backs of, of James McCarthy and, uh, or sorry, of, um, uh, yeah, Jack McCaffrey and James McCarthy, like two fabulous footballers who will get up and down that pitch. Mm. When you look at our defence, that's been our strongest link all yeah. year and and the players that we've been able to bring in off the bench as well you know uh, have been magnificent so what kind of who do you see where do you see the matchups like who's going to take Conor Costello or who's going to take Conor Callan you look at Conor Costello the last day he scored um, <coughs> one twelve, but now 11 of those were from freeze mm. um, 145 and 10 freeze yeah. so he got 1-1 one, one from play and, and he got one twelve the, the game before that yeah. against Loud so that's two that's one no that was the Loud game Yeah. yeah oh sorry yeah, yeah. and he got 10 points the last the, day wasn't the it? last day against yeah, so um, that's what 122 in his, in his in two, two games yeah. uh, it's difficult because you, you don't know where any of these forwards are going to play on any given day I think he was he was in the full forward line was it the last day and he was wing forward the day before that? Yeah. So it all depends where they're going. I'm sure me they'll be guessing. Conor Callan's played full full forward the two games. So one would assume he's going to play full forward. He, yeah, I think that him and McGill, that'll be a nice little battle. Yeah, and I, the one thing about it is I'd be eager to keep McGill full back. Mm. I wouldn't be telling McGill wherever he goes, you follow him. Do you know that kind of way? I'd yeah. be, whoever's full forward, you mark him, McGill. Do you know, you don't, you don't leave that. Do you drop back a sweeper? Uh, and then you can let Conor uh, McGill follow um, Conor Callaghan I, I think naturally we're probably going to have to drop back when we don't have the ball anyway I think we have forwards who aren't natural sweepers to be honest with you but they're comfortable coming back Brian McMahon is the prime example he did it pretty much for all of the league for us that was from a corner forward position Yeah, he's out wing forward now so it should suit him just to dr- drop back another you know 20 or 30 yards to kind of get behind the ball and you know have a body there and the, the difference with it is sweepers tend to be 
um, I won't say legless, but they, they tend to miss a bit of pace. Whereas if we overturn the ball, Brian McMahon can give us an option. So can Killian O'Sullivan from running from deep. James McEntee's another one. We actually have the engines to, to trouble Dublin going the other way. Whereas when teams, it's ground playing sweepers and when you overturn, but then you look up and you have nothing. You play laterally and everything. Dublin get their men back and you're, 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 you hit the wall. Yeah. So the key for us, if we do overturn them, we have to we have the to break of, break speed, at pace yeah. exactly speed of attack. Um, looking at the midfield, um, we're not sure who will be midfield for 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 me. Will it be Shane McIntyre and Brian Menton? Will it be um, Adam Flanagan and Brian Menton? Will it be um, could be Paul Carran? It could Paul Carran. Will it be? Uh, I'm just looking down there through them. Um, I'm missing somebody. Uh, will it be Dara Campion? Will it be Ethan Devine? They're all mm. possible midfielders to go with. We know it's going to be Brian Menton. But who goes in with Brian Menton and who's going to be midfield for Dublin? Um, Michael Aaron McCauley is back yeah. from injury. Dean Rock is back from injury as well for the forward line. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it going to be Brian Fenton and Michael Darren McCauley or will, um, will <coughs> what's his name, Darren Gavin keep his yeah. position from the last day? I, I think um, I think Michael Darren McCauley started the last day and I think Gavin played against um, played against Loud, so I'd expect it to be the same midfield. Brian Fenton, assert like he's going to be playing as mm-hmm. is Brian Menton for us. So the two Brian's are, are I'd be surprised if they weren't playing. I think for Dublin, I think Michael Darrell McCauley will probably play. He he seems to give them that bit of a balance with yeah. He, with he came on the last day against Loud. Yeah, yeah no, I know. Well, yeah, Kildare he started though. started yeah. The, yeah yeah. So um, I'd I'd be looking at that to, to try and put Menton on Michael Darrell McCauley because yeah. I think he left the legs in him. And I think he's much more of a ball playing. And he can compete in midfield too. Uh, the other position, as you said, is up in the air. My gut would tell me that Shane McEntee would probably get the nod. And and he he would he would follow Brian Fenton. Yeah, uh, and that, that would I, I, I like that yeah. that um possibility. Because because Shane McEntee's naturally defence minded, whereas yeah. Brian Me- Brian Fenton rather is more attack more minded. Attack minded. So, so I think the two lads could cancel each other out, which would be excellent for us. If if Shane McEntee could do a job on Brian Fenton, I'd be I'd be very confident Brian Menton can do a job on Michael Darren McCauley, which would give us the edge in midfield. And as I said, going forward, that's that's ultimately what we need to be focusing on. Okay, so you stop Fenton, yeah. right? You stop Fenton, and the next thing is Kieran Kilkenny plays his role then of right well we're we don't we're not winning midfield mm. so I need to go out and win ball in midfield which he does all the time. That's yeah. his game is to loop back around and get on the ball in in, in around the between the forty five and sixty five and set up attacks. He's kind of like the orchestra the the, the orchestra conductor. Mm. He just gets the ball, sprays it left, right. He plays at the pin uh, at the point of that diamond and then when he sees the 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 run is on after playing the ball he'll break through, play a little one twos and get a score. So we need a man marker on Kieran Kilkenny. Like he is, mm. he, he doesn't, yeah, yeah. he 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 doesn't make mistakes. Mm. I, yeah, I I agree with you. He doesn't, but he doesn't take many chances either. Mm. You know how many times does Kieran Kilkenny hand pass the ball in the game? He, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he does. How many times? He, but he's always changing the direction of the ball where it came from, mm. which alone. Oh, is, yeah. is, is is brilliant because you're moving defenders over and back yeah. they have to turn and look turn and look turn and look so you're, you're confusing them and then that leaves little gaps and whatever for, for players to run into and he'll follow them when they mm. do run into those gaps but he is he is someone that needs to be stopped 
and he's nearly unmarkable. So mm. who do we put on him? Who's our who's I, our man? I think Ronan Ryan is the answer. Um, because against uh, against Leash, the centre forward for Leash, I won't say he played a Kieran Kilkenny role, but he definitely dropped. He didn't play an orthodox eleven. Yeah, he dropped back into the defence, sort of like Kilkenny will do. And and Ronan Ryan was, you know, there for him when he was. He did push up on him at times, but he held his position too. I'd have no problem with Ronan Ryan saying to him, "You you go and you follow him." you stick to him and, and I, I think he'll do you a good job. I just think if we pick someone like a James McIntyre or Donald Kyogen to do that, you're losing the attacking dimension from our half back line, which has been so synonymous throughout the league and, and championship so far. Um and, and that's why I'd be eager if if Kilkenny does line out or eleven or wherever he lines out, he's obviously going to play in, in that kind of hole in the in the soccer sort of um positioning and I'd be telling Ryan to follow him and I'd be leaving Kyogen and, and McEntee giving us natural width so if we do that that means that you're leaving the <coughs> centre back you're leaving that yeah. area free mm. so can you see maybe Andy doing something left of field and playing two centre backs like maybe bringing in Owen Lynch and saying right uh, Ryan you're going to mark mm. you're going to mark your uncle Kenny Owen Lynch you're actually going to play centre back yeah. and playing your sweeper that way that he's not right in on top of your full back there's someone holding that six mm. area and not leaving those pockets of space. It's it's a good point. I think if anyone was to do it, I'd probably be pointing to Porrick Arnon. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. he, he obviously missed out the last day through injury. You know, this, the signals Kyogen. are that, that he's going well. Yeah, do Kyogen. you move Kyogen to the wing? Or do, that'd be an ideal position yeah. for him. Wing back. Well, oh, you want him wing back? Okay. Yeah. Well, that th- that'd be my preference. I think. Okay. I think Harnan, if you were to go with with that idea, well, two centre backs, so yeah, to speak, yeah. with Ryan following. Kilkenny so realistically he's not a centre back but letting Harnan sit in the six role I'd be more comfortable with that because I think he's more of a natural six mm-hmm. um, than obviously Ronan Ryan is to hold the position but I, I would be eager to try and keep Kyogen on the wing where possible now obviously he's going to have a lot probably he could be marking anyone he could be marking Costello or he could be marking uh, Mannion it doesn't matter whoever it's going to be good football or whoever he's on but you have to look at the way um, Scully plays for Dublin as well like he's not going to really I won't say he won't threaten us in an attacking sense but he, he's going to drop around midfield as yeah, well yeah. so if we match someone the likes of Kyogen Kyogen could get joy attacking because Scully's not going to kick four or five points whereas if it's F- famous last words <laughs> yeah he, he will he'll probably kick six now but uh, if if it's Conor Callaghan or if it's Cormac Coslow or if it's Paul Mannion on the other side they're a far more direct and dangerous opponent going towards our goals than Scully is. That's yeah. just the type of players they Scully are. got two points against Loud. Mm. So. I would have kicked two points against Loud <laughs> as well. <laughs> you probably did when you were in Magaloo, uh, down on the beach. Um, <laughs> but, so, I suppose, right, like, okay, and we've, we've gone through, like, okay, and Stephen Cluxton's kickouts. They're, you know, they're going to be key mm. to Dublin. They always are. Um, yeah. Do you put a high press on? Do you do a Dublin on it? Do you go three banks of four and push up? Or do we concede the kick out? It's, or do we just go flat 15 for their kick outs? I, yeah, I'd I, like I, to I, see I, a pressure put on. Yeah, so would I. I, I. I agree with you. I don't like seeing teams just give them possession because yeah. you're just you're literally giving them the ticket kicker and saying... You're nearly go, saying, go. right, come on. Yeah. Go down and try and kick a point, but we're not going to let you score a goal. And they will. Yeah. Like, ultimately, they will. That's, that's what they do. This is, that's the whole thing is that... Dublin like to break a line and then just everybody bombs forward so that you know, they know that there's two of the opposition behind us. That mm. means we've got overlaps. 
and that means that a defender is going to have to come to me which will leave a player spare and they just never bring it into the tackle they release it release it release it release it and they're after breaking one line so that means that they've got the overlap on all the time and it just it's heartbreaking and they just it's dead by a thousand cuts with Dublin Mm. you look at the uh, Leinster final last year I think Leash were within two or three points of them Mm. at half time you look at Kildare Kildare were um, four points down at half time against them a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, and lost by fifteen. And yeah. lost by fifteen. Mm. And it's 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 just you know, I think Mead will be in at half time, <coughs> and it's how they approach the second half. Mm. Um, Dublin will just stick to the plan. Yeah. And it's just, as I said, debt by thousand cuts. It's just doing the right thing over mm. and over and over and over. And Kieran Kilkenny with one hundred uh, percent pass rate. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. He had 50 passes. They were all fist passes from me to you. And yeah. there's only about three yards between me and you. But, um, you know, that's what he does. And, and that's the kind of, uh, I suppose, schooling that they've been given by Jim Gavin is that mm. you just, possession is so vital that we don't give it away and we don't make mistakes. Mm. And they and if you look at where they score from, they don't score from 45 yards. Mm. They don't score from the sideline. Yeah. They score from the D. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah. In around that D. You'll never see a spectacular score from no. Dublin from the since, sideline. Since they got rid of um, uh, Dear McConnelly, mm. um, and rightly so, I say. Yeah. But um, since they got rid of him, you know, you don't see any spontaneity in, in the Dublin team. It's, it's true. And I, I'll just go back to the point you made about and I, I do think we need to go push up on their kickouts and I'm not saying we need to put 15 men on 15 men but you know yourself if you're on a two man full forward line you split the markers mm-hmm. you say to Cluxton go on you're, he is clearly good enough but if you're good enough kick it over my head to get to the cornerback on the left I'm already halfway between him and the fullback well I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a 15 on 15 if we're dropping a man yeah. back if we're dropping a man back he pushes up one the next man pushes mm. up one the centre forward pushes into the full possibly forward. yeah I, I think we could get away with it if, if we're good enough and quick enough we have to react whether the ball goes over the bar or goes wide you know what Clux is like he's, yeah. he's out there the ball's on the tee and it's gone six seconds from the ball goes out till the ball is kicked so our boys will be well drilled to be switched on I'm sure they probably have zones you know, maybe yeah. if it's your zone, you you mind that, and I'll mind this one, and and so on and so forth. But I, I would watch for something there yeah. against Dublin because Dublin do what I just said a few minutes ago. They do for, when they're putting pressure on a kick out, they do four banks of four. Mm. So you'll actually get four in the full forward line. You'll get four in the half forward line and four in midfield. Well, if that's and the case, that's what they do. Push three, push three, or push four. Like I'd still give yourself a man extra around midfield, and that suits us because if he has to go long. Inevitably, what, what we really want is we want to force Stephen Cluxton to go long because mm. not many uh, teams do that. Mm. They don't force him to go long. And that, that would rattle them in a sense yeah. too because as you said, very few do it. And it's probably one area of Dublin's game that they're probably not the strongest at purely because it's just 50-50. You know, yeah. and you could win breaking and ball. And percentages. Might. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another, another thing you're saying, uh, <coughs> it's one aspect of their game. Another aspect of their game is their substitutes. You know, you look at the last, the, the game against uh, Loud, they brought on Michael Darren McCauley. He started then against mm. Kildare. Um, they brought on Philly McMahon. They brought on Rory O'Carroll. They brought on Paddy Small. And they brought on Kevin McMahon. Yeah. You know, um, and now don't get me wrong, we've got subs of our own mm. um, that have been doing fantastically for us this uh, this year. Um, the likes of Graham Riley has has come on and played a part in most games that he came on, and um, he's given me the lift. Um, oh, not every time, but most of the time. Yeah. James Conlon obviously started the last day, but 
the, the week before came on and, and, and showed his worth. Uh, Dara Campion, Ethan Devine, um, Thomas McGovern got a run out the last day. Um, Barry Dardis as well, Sean Tobin and Tomas O'Reilly. Um, you know, these are the subs. I like seeing Sean, personally, now Sean won't like me for this, but I love seeing Sean coming on as a sub mm. with 20 minutes to go yeah. um, because he always has a massive impact on the scoreboard. When, when Sean starts games, he doesn't seem to, uh, for me, he doesn't seem to get on the scoreboard, but he's influential and he's on the ball and he's playing those incisive passes into the full forward line mm. um, or into the half forward line. He's a great man for spraying a ball. But when he comes on, uh, I always I I always used to say when, when he was coming on as a sub for me, we're guaranteed a goal here. Yeah. And he used to always hit the onion yeah, bag. Yeah. Um, so whether he starts or not, if he doesn't and he comes on, you know, you're you're looking at, and I know he'd ha- he'd have it in his mind to get on and get in the score sheet. So looking at Dublin subs and looking at our subs, you saw the ones I I, mm. I mentioned there now. Um, you know that is a massive and part and just of I I don't think there were two. Oh, and the Dean Rock coming back. Dean as well. Rock, Paddy Small, Own Merchant, um, Own Merchant, and Paddy Andrews. Paddy Andrews. They came on the last. They didn't yeah. come on against Loud. So look at at the end of the day, only six of them can come on. Yeah. So I suppose that's that's a, a you know a cloud of. Uh, Comfort, but look at as you said, we have a great bench too, and it's probably something that we haven't had in recent years, and yeah. that's where we've come up short against Donegal and Tyrone in, in the last couple of years. To be honest, we haven't just had the personnel to come on and change the game or to continue the work that the guys on the pitch are doing, because ultimately, regardless of how the game goes on Sunday, we're going to need probably to use the six subs. Okay, because right. the effort that's going to go in. Dublin, Dublin, bring on their six mm. subs. Um, or they bring on whatever amount of subs in the second half towards the end of the game, twenty minutes to go. Yeah, Dublin never changed their game plan. They still go with the same game plan. Mm-hmm. The players that come in are doing what the other player did for forty five minutes yeah. or whatever, but they're fresh. So they're still and and, and they're sticking to the plan. And mm-hmm. it's all little one twos, never carrying into the tackles, breaking, uh, breaking a line and getting the overlaps and getting the scores. And they just put you to uh, put the put you to the sword in the final few minutes. Mead bring in subs now. What what I would like is that the subs that come in for me do the exact same thing. They yeah. don't try to do something spectacular. They don't try to win the game themselves. Mm. Because that's what tends to happen with teams when they bring on subs. It's like, yeah. I have to go in and make a difference against Dublin. Yeah. I'm going to try this 70-yard ball or I'm going to try and yeah. uh, kick a ball, point from the sideline. And, you know, that's not what you need against no. Dublin. You need to stick to the plan and just keep going. The, so The only thing about subs that there is... That would, yeah, th- there is some that would suit and others that wouldn't. Graham Riley's one that sticks out to me. We all know the way he plays. He likes yeah. to go in short bursts, take the ball on the shoulder and kick it on the run over the bar. You know, that's that's his perfect move. And he's never going to be the type of player that just kind of ponderously kind of hand pass the ball around the round midfield and just waiting for a moment to pick. He's the one that you get on the end of the ball. Now, I'm not saying... At the end of the move. At the end of the move, sorry. Yeah. Um, so he probably wouldn't be a player that would kind of fit into that mould of, of, uh, of a, say, Dublin player. But there is other players that would, like Sean Tobin, for example, would be a great addition to have out around midfield for me. Yeah. You know, if, if you mentioned it spraying ball around or getting good ball inside, that would suit him more than probably Graham Riley. They're two different type of players and I suppose you have to take that into consideration too. These guys are going to come on fresh. The guys that are there or have come off are kind of after playing 45, 50 minutes of a slog. Yeah. These lads are going to have to really be pushing it out and giving us you know, a huge impact off the bench and I, I hope they will. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting <laughs> one. Um, uh, look, there's no point in denying it. Like, uh, meet her up against it in this game. 
Um, again, from listening to Fergal Lynch um, and following him on social media, he was at the um, uh, the media night the other night, and when he came out, he was riled up. Um, he said he hadn't seen Mead players so um, focused mm. and uh, so determined for a game in a long time, which is absolutely brilliant. And uh, we're delighted that these Mead players um, are just making progress this year. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is that they, they I won't say let us down around because the progress has been made and regardless of what happens... I don't think on, they can let us down in this game. No, not let us down. That's that's the wrong phrase. Oh, I know, use. yeah, yeah. But, but, um, but, but kind of, I won't say... If if they come out and get bet by twenty points, God forbid, right? They, you know, everyone will be saying it, it's it's all doom and gloom again, right? That that would be probably the worst thing that could happen. Whereas if we, I'd rather see us be bet by twenty points and put in a, a massive effort, performance, exactly, yeah. and give it a lash than be bet by ten points and just put fifteen men behind the ball and you lost by ten. Yeah. Sure that's better than losing by twenty. This is a massive game to see where Mead are. Um, yeah, with yeah. the progress that has been made this year, um, they've put it up to Donegal twice this year. Um, I feel myself that Donegal are massive contenders for the All Ireland. I said it earlier in this year. Mm. I think that Donegal have the second best panel in the country after um, Dublin. Dublin yeah. And I actually think that uh, if me don't win the All Ireland, that Donegal are going to win the All Ireland. Yeah, so I hope, you're, I hope you're right. I actually think that Donegal. I actually do think that Donegal are going to uh, win the All Ireland. It's going to be. Um, uh, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. I'm sure people have been talking about it for a while now. That's not since the Tyrone game. I've been watching. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think this is, as I said, I think this is a big game for me. The beat Division One uh, team in, in in Kildare, as in a relegated Division mm. One team, um, they beat them this year. They've put it up to teams in Division mm. Two that they haven't been able to put it up to in the last number of years, um, and they've come out against an awfully team that put in a massive, massive effort against Mead. Mead could have lost that game, mm. but came out on the right end of the result with pure determination and work effort that we've seen all year in the end that got yeah. them over the line they put leash to the sword the last day they beat Carlo um, you know they're in a good position yeah um, and I I just don't want them to if they were to lose to Dublin to to go into this mentality of oh my god we're after being hammered by Dublin oh, this is terrible mm. you know you're playing the All-Ireland Champions and if you win it, brilliant, you're into the Super 8s. If you don't, you still got another shot at the Super 8s to play against the best teams mm. in the country. Well, here's one. like We're, we're a Division 1 side now on merit. Um, we're in the Leinster final for the first time in five yeah. years. We have been beaten twice this year in, in league and championship, both against Donegal, both narrowly enough. Um, yes, we're the biggest price with the bookmakers to ever win a game of football. Mead have never been a bigger price. They're sixteen to one to beat Dublin. Yeah, this is the highest price you've ever gotten. Ever, ever got on Mead, and I don't think that's that's fair, really, to be honest. Which I think Dublin are one to fifty to win the game. Yeah, uh, they're hot favourites. No, no one disputes that. But Mead, they're Division One side now and going well, going better than we have done probably for the guts of the last ten years, really. Probably Barron twenty ten. Yeah. So I I think you know they're they're wrote off by everyone. I think they do it's believe the they, they can it. go into it and and trouble yeah. this Dublin side, and I think they're. We, we talk about the fear factor and I think probably in previous years they would have went in with that but the kind of young exciting panel that's there right now I don't think they genuinely fear Dublin and I think they'll look at it and relish the opportunity to play against a team going for five in a row and going for I think what is it their ninth Leinster in a row as ninth well Leinster in a row as well um, <coughs> absolutely um, we wish Andy McEntee 
Andrew Colgan, Seamus Lavin, Conor McGill, Ronan Ryan, James McEntee, Donald Keoghan, Niall Kane, Brian Menton, Shane McEntee, Eaton Devine, Ben Brennan, Mickey Burke, Dara Campion, Mickey Newman, Thomas O'Reilly, Killian O'Sullivan, Graham Riley, Owen Lynch, Sean Tobin, Brian McMahon, James Conlon, Jason Scully, Gavin McCoy, Shane Gallagher, Barry Dardis, Paula Caron, Adam Flanagan and Thomas McGovern. All the best on Sunday <laughs> in the Leinster final and the extended panel as well that haven't been used this year. Um, we wish all of you and Andy's backroom team the very best this coming Sunday in the Leinster final where we all feel that Mead belong and uh, hopefully... Uh, you boys can uh, put in a really, really big performance and bring a Leinster Cup uh, back to Mead for the first time since 2010. Nine years. It's a long Absolutely time. Absolutely incredible. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners um, for always being so uh, faithful to us and um, uh, uh, listening in every week. Um, uh, unlike uh, David Rissman, faithfulness uh, went away when he was in Magaluf. Um, but uh, we thought... <laughs> we had nothing to play for and I was injured, so I couldn't be there. Well, that's not what I was on about. <laughs> you played very well in Magaluf, I believe. <laughs> David Rissman, Wrap it up. have you any more for uh, the podcast this no, week? I've had enough. Straw? Uh, the, the, one day, the one day that the lads don't... Uh, you, gave me, you gave me the chance them. last week. I wanted Flynn to do the competition last week with the players and he didn't do it. Ah, I went yeah, to Magaluf thinking, oh, great, Flynn's going to do this. Can't wait. Not a fear about it. Didn't even... He's after escaping now early. But um, no, I suppose all the best in the um, the suspension process. You know, nice, it's, it's, yeah. it's probably going to be a, a long and strenuous road. But yeah. I have faith in you and I think, you're, I think you're innocent enough to get off. Yeah, thanks a million and don't worry, that'll be edited out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we want to wish the Mead Hurlers the best of luck on Saturday in the Christie Ring final. That's at 2pm in Crow Park. We want to wish the Mead junior team all the best uh, on Sunday at 1.30 in Crow Park. Davy Nelson and his Mead troops. And then obviously Andy McEntee and the Mead senior team taking on Dublin at 4pm in Croker on Sunday. We also want to wish the Mead ladies intermediate team the very best in the Leinster decider on uh, 30th of June, 2pm in uh, where I'm not sure where that is just yet but it's against Wexford I think it could be Crow Park and then obviously we want to wish the ladies Camogie team the very best in their second round game against Clare so that's it for this week's podcast and uh, don't forget to follow us on all social media Twitter Instagram Facebook um, what else for, uh, <coughs> uh, David uh, that's it that's it yeah. is it well we are me why matters more <laughs>